Psalm 65 this morning. Psalm 65. <clears throat> Verse 1. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Sion, and unto thee shall the vow be performed. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest, and causest to approach unto thee, that he may dwell in thy courts. We shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. By terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation, who art the confidence of all the ends of the earth and of them that are afar off upon the sea. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Father, it is joyous to sing praise unto your name. been such a blessing already to be in your house this morning and hear your word go forth. And sing these praises unto you. Father, we thank you for the word that's gone forth, the children's Sunday school hour, the adult Sunday school hour. We have the living word of God preached here. And because of that, we can be saved and have life and continue to serve you, Lord. Father, we thank you. We praise you. Uh, Lord, I ask for the filling of your spirit to minister the message from your word this morning. Fill my dear wife with your spirit. and Help her relaying the message in sign. Be with those in the nursery. Fill with thy spirit watching the children. And God, uh, of all people, we have hope. We have joy. We rejoice in you. We're thankful for all that you have done forth for your goodness, both always in the past, present, and future. Dear God, your goodness has not changed. And we look forward to it in the time that you give us here to serve you, whatever time that might be. God, draw us closer to you. May your word go forth. We thank you for, for also for those that are here with us, uh, live streaming online and God, we thank you for all the ministries of your people here at this church working together to get this word out. Father, uh, may your word go forth. Souls be saved, lives be changed. Christians uh, be more devoted in this thing of drawing closer to you and being lights to the world. 
And Father, help us to give you the praise and the honor and the glory. We ask these things in Jesus' name for his glory. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Worshiping the sun in 21. Amen. As we come into this new year, we come into it finishing uh, the year 2020. But we do come in into it in the midst of a pandemic. All that God has brought us through. I appreciate the fact that the teaching that's gone forth from here, the men that have preached up here, have remembered the goodness of God. You know God was good to us in 2020? He's been good to us every year. He can't be anything else but good to us. Amen? And we, we ought to be encouraged that we're in the house of God this morning. Amen. He's worked that in our hearts. We have the word of God. But we do face. Unique challenges in our country. That we've never faced before. At least in my time. We have seen. Evil practices. Evil practices advocated. By our leadership. We have seen the practice of attending church and such resisted. I, I'm just stating the facts. We, we, we've seen that. That doesn't mean I'm, that doesn't mean I'm not going to rejoice. Amen. Because I know my God is in control. As Brother Chris shared this morning. All powers, the powers that be are ordained of God. He's either put them there or allowed them to be there. He saw the whole plan from the beginning. Everyone who ever be present, king, governor, ruler, whatever, and God says, I put my stamp on that. I can use it. I can use it. I can use it. Hopefully it's not out of tune there now. <laughs> Sister Sandra is saying, now watch out there. I say, well, that being be out of tune now. I can rejoice. Because God's in control, amen. By the way, he's coming how? Suddenly, amen. That's a blessing. <laughs> Suddenly. So, what are we going to do in, in 21, preacher? We're going to worship the sun. That's what we're going to do. We're going to worship the sun. And we're going to find the grace and the power and the wisdom and the reviving of the Spirit to do that for the glory of God. Amen. That's what He has for us. He calls us forward. He calls us forward. By the way, the kingdom that we, that we live in hasn't suffered any loss, has it? <laughs> He's still in control. He's still victorious. He's still the mighty conqueror. And no one has withstood him. And so we can rejoice. I want us to worship. This year, go forward for the Lord. 
By the way, the darker it gets, what? The, more, the brighter the light shines, amen? The brighter the light shines. It may be God's way of bringing more souls into the kingdom if we face some difficult circumstances. The church has faced it throughout the ages. And God has used it, amen? And you know what? God doesn't bring those things upon us without providing for us through them, amen? And we can trust in that. What are we going to do this year? Number one, let us worship Christ with praise. With praise. He says, uh, it's a psalm of David. Praise waiteth for thee, O God, in Sion. Praise. Praise. And that, and that word praise there has the idea that it's related to song. Praising him in, in song. We're in the psalms. They are the inspired word of God, what that was sung. That's why I love to sing praise to God. I'm glad that though there has been some resistance to that in the past year, which we've never seen before. We can still what? Gather and sing praise to God. Amen. He wants us to. He, by the way, he commands us to. And we're thankful for that. Who's more worthy of praise uh, uh, th than our God? <clears throat> we are thankful for that. Praise uh, waiteth for thee. And that word waiteth has the idea of silence, still repose, still waiting. Waiteth for thee in Sion. It's like the house of God there, they would come during the feast and stuff and to bring their offerings and stuff and they would what, offer up praise to God it's the idea of that praise is going to burst forth there's no one more worthy of praise than who? God and when he shows up what? that praise ought to burst forth and by the way where is he today? if you're born again he's in your heart and he's in mine. You know what that means? That means he showed up this morning. <laughs> and so we what? We ought to be praising him, amen? We ought to be praising him. Walking with him. And, 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 and pra praising his name. Peter says in 1 Peter uh, uh, 4.11, uh, he says there at the end of the verse, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ to whom be praise and dominion forevermore. Praise to Jesus Christ. We're going to worship the Son in praise. Amen. We're going to come and we're going to sing songs of praise. That glorify His name. That, that speak of His wonderful works. That sing of His salvation and His mercies and His grace. Amen. We're going to praise Him. In 2021. 20, uh, <clears throat> Notice in the passage here uh, that God uses that through the scriptures, through this psalm, that he points out and he kind of personifies the creation to show that the, that the creation praises him. Of course, we know Psalm 102, 100 verse 2. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence, what? With singing. With singing. We're going to sing praise to the Son. Look here in, in, in the passage here in Psalm 65. Look at verse 8. 
Uh, he says uh, at the end of the verse, Thou makest the outgoings of the morning and evening to rejoice. Uh, and that word rejoice there it has the idea to cause to ring out, to sing for joy. <laughs> to sing for joy. What did Jesus say when those children were crying, crying Hosanna into the temple and they told them to be quiet? Jesus says, I tell you, if these would hold their peace, what? The stones would cry out. The creation rejoices in a sense. He personifies it, rejoices in song. Look at verse 13. The pastures are clothed with flocks. The valleys also are covered over with corn. They shout for joy. They also sing. They sing. Praise God. I used to sing songs for the devil. Before I got saved. I'm glad I don't have to do that anymore. I like singing songs to God. And by the way. I like singing songs to God. With godly music. Amen. <laughs> Is there any other way? <laughs> no. I like singing praise to God. And we like. Every believer ought to like singing praise to God. We're going to do that. <laughs> We're gonna, we've been doing that. We're going to continue to do that in 2021. Singing praise to God. Regardless of the circumstances. I think in Acts chapter 16. When that jailer was, that, that jailer was sitting there minding his prison. That earthquake happened and he... He ran in there to see what, what had happened. And the door, the, 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 the prison doors were opened. And he drew his sword to kill himself. But what had he heard perhaps before that? What had the prisoners heard before that? Well, the Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and what? Sang praises unto God. I think their circumstances were pretty rough. How about you? Maybe Paul and Silas hadn't had a year like start out at a year like that together before. <laughs> but you know what? They didn't decide. Well, well, well. We need to refrain from singing praises now. No, singing praises was the answer. Amen. <laughs> singing praises was the answer. Oh, thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Singing praises is the answer. Part of the answer. Worshipping the sun. Worshipping uh, the sun. Psalm 146.2 While I live I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God. While I have any being. As long as I can gasp it out. I'll sing praises to God. The psalmist was saying. While I have any being. <clears throat> I've probably used this before John Wesley was about 21 years old he went to Oxford University came from a Christian home uh, yet in those days he was a bit snobbish and sarcastic but he had something happen one night that changed him 
he was speaking with a porter, the doorkeeper of where he was staying. He, he discovered the poor fellow had only one coat and lived in such impoverished conditions he didn't even have a bed. Yet he was an unusually happy person, filled with a gratitude to God. Wesley, being immature, thoughtlessly joked about the man's misfortunes. And what else do you thank God for? He said to him. The, potter the, the porter smiled and said, I thank him that he has given me my life and my being, a heart to love him, and above all, a constant desire to serve him. Wow. Many years later in 1791, it was evident that Wesley had learned something from that. He lay on his deathbed at the age of 88. Those who gathered around him realized how well he had learned the lesson of praising God in every circumstance. And despite his extreme weakness, he began singing the hymn, I'll praise my maker while I have breath. I'll praise my maker while I have breath. Oh, glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins, sing with me, and cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory, sing it. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory, revive us again. I want to sing praise to God in 2021. Praise God, we can do that. <clears throat> Secondly, not only can we worship Him with praise, secondly, we can worship Him with purpose. And unto thee, unto thee shall the vow be performed. Now there are many offerings given at the Hebrew temple, but the vow was a what? It was an offering offered of the free will. If something wasn't required to give. But what's always, what has God always been looking for? Our heart. Our free will. He wants us to give our heart to him. If, if he gets our heart, by the way, he'll get the rest of us. Amen. He gets, he gets all of us when, when, we, when he gets our heart. When the things that we love are, are focused upon Him, the things that we set our affection upon are things above, He's got the rest of us. That's where we invest our time, our talents, and our treasures. If, if our hearts are anchored there in the, th in the things above, in, in a love toward, toward, toward Jesus Christ. That vow. Unto thee shall the vow be performed. You know, people make the New Year's resolutions. How often have we said in our hearts, I want to pray more. I want to be more faithful in studying the scriptures. I want to be more faithful in being a witness for God. How often have we said that? Consider that for yourself. I'll consider that for me now and in the year to come. Let's perform those things, amen. Let's draw closer. Let's grow as individually and as a church in spirituality and in service to the Lord. He just wants our hearts. The vow. 
Romans 12, 1 and 2, Paul writes, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. But I love how Paul started that out. He said, I beseech you. I beg you. You see, because if we don't do it out of a love for God, what? It's not pleasing, is it? Well, I'm going I'm to do it because Paul said we ought to. You know, you know Paul, he, he's, he's the one you know, that started all the churches and stuff, and sending all these letters around, you know. Well, we ought to do it. That's not what he was looking for. But those who understood that what he was writing was the word of God also saw the spirit in it. And Paul says, I beg you. Just like God's not going to force you, Paul says, I don't want to make you... That's God's heart. I beg you to come to me. James, draw nigh unto God, what? And he'll draw nigh unto you. Lend your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. God has that for... Be a, be a purpose to do that. Purpose to draw closer uh, to the Lord. Romans 8, 12. We are debtors not to the flesh, to, to live after the flesh... If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. We're, we're saved now. We can live for God. And because of all he, he has given us, by the way, we are debtors to do so. As Brother Chris would say, we are debtors to believe God. We are debtors to show that love to others. Have that purpose. In the coming year, the will. You know, I, I don't get the, the, the theologies that try to override the free will. To me, it doesn't make God greater. God gave us a free will. To me, it's an amazing thing that God could look at all of creation before He created it in His foreknowledge. No, every thought and every decision that, that would be made or could have been made. Some people don't believe that's, that's possible. But he did. He knew all that. And he said, I see that, 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 that. I'm going to do this here. I'm going to allow that here. And I'm going to orchestrate all this together and bring it together to, my, to fulfill my perfect will. That's amazing to me. That's more amazing than you know, moving people around like robots. It's more amazing to me that he allows a free will. And he uses it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You see that? That's a decision we have to make. Praise God we get to do that. Paul said, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What do you want to do this year? What's the one thing you want to do? What should be primary? Primary for me should be that I want to be more like Jesus Christ. And by the way, that should be primary for every one of his children. Amen. Every one of them. Our will. Our will. Purposing that desire. To every man, 
poem here. To every man there openeth a way and ways and a way. And the high soul climbs the highway and the low soul gropes the low. And in between on the misty flats the rest drift to and fro. But to every man there openeth a highway and a low, and every man decideth the way his soul shall go. Now the lost person doesn't have that power until they're saved, amen? But you and I have that power. We have the power to yield to God, and our lives here will reflect the choice we made regarding that and the rewards we receive or don't receive in heaven. Every believer has that power. And we need to be making the right choices. Be resolved, amen. I am resolved no longer to linger. Sing it. Charmed by the world's delight. Things that are higher, things that are nobler. These have allured my sight. I will hasten to him, hasten so glad and free. Jesus, greatest, highest, I will come to thee. Amen. Amen. God has that for all of us. That purpose. D.M. Patton was a Presbyterian minister. He wrote this in ages gone past and he wrote this the work is solemn therefore do not trifle the work is difficult therefore do not relax the opportunity is brief therefore do not delay the path is narrow Therefore, do not wander. The prize is glorious. Therefore, do not faint. I like that. That's an encouragement. And we ought to have a resolve. Uh, we ought to, I have decided to follow Jesus, we say, with, with, that, with that purpose there. Thirdly, how are we going to worship the Son? Going to worship Him. Uh, I didn't flip the thing over there, apparently. Thirdly, we're going to worship Him with prayer. With prayer. O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. How are we going to do this? We, we communicate with God. We're going to pray. We are going to seek his face in prayer. I think about Jesus when he went to the tomb of Lazarus. By the way, Jesus was perfect humanity. He was the only perfect human. And the closer we get to God, draw to God in our practical salvation, in, the, in, the, in our practical sanctification, 
the more we become like Jesus. And by the way, the more communion we experience with God as Christ did. He was walking to that tomb where Lazarus lay dead now the fourth day. And I thought about this. Before he yelled, called, and gave out that call for Lazarus to come out of the tomb. The Bible says in verse 41, they took the stone away from the place where the dead was laid. And Jesus lift up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. This is before he, before he said anything. And I knew that thou hearest me always. What we just read? O thou that hearest prayer. See, he was in perfect communion with the Father. Yes, he had the 40 days and 40 nights, we might say, of a time of prayer and, and preparation for his ministry as he was tempted there in the mount. No doubt that was a time of prayer. Yes, he had that all-night prayer meeting with God the night before he chose his 12 disciples. Yes, he had those communications and prayer with God as he blessed the food and fed the thousands. Yes, he had that glorious prayer when he was in the garden and his own flesh was suffering uh, more than he'd ever experienced and he reached out to the Father in prayer. Yes, he had those. But what is this? Well, the best we can know, that's the prayers in his thoughts. He already knew what he was going to do. He'd already been communing God with it. We're never told anywhere he voiced whatever he's talking about here. Why? Because he was communing with God in his thoughts. Father Lazarus is sick. Here I go. Going to raise him from the dead so people will believe. He's commun communing with God. And he says, I knew you heard me. <laughs> See, he was saying, we don't have to read the actual prayer that he prayed or read about the prayer that he prayed to know he was praying. He was praying on the inside, amen. <laughs> and I'm so glad we can pray on the inside, amen. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Some of my most earnest uh, prayers and most quickly answered were ones like this God help. <laughs> Show me what to say, what to do. Amen. Just, just having that, praying always, having that connection with prayer. God is by nature a prayer hearing God. He is a prayer hearing God. And so the Bible tells us. Let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and what? Find grace to help in time of need. And we need to do that. Hebrews 6, 18, we're praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And I thought about this. Our prayer life is a reflection of how much we realize our need for God. Our prayer life is a reflection of our realization of how much we need God. Thank God. We, we, we intend on worshiping Him in prayer. Amen.
What else do we see from this passage this morning? We intend on worshiping him with purity. First of all, we're going to seek his, we want to seek his cleansing. We tend to end on worshiping with purity. We want to seek his cleansing. Look what uh, David writes. Iniquities prevail against me. As for our transgressions, thou shalt purge them away. God wants us to pray and praise him. By the way, there seems to be somewhat an order here. An order here. Did you know that what God, when God condemned the, uh, uh, the lost who reject the gospel, he says they believed not, neither were they what? Thankful. Before they ever knew who God the creator was, recognizing that there was a creator, they should have been thankful to that creator. God requires praise for they even know exactly who he is. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? He'll purge our iniquities. By the way, he said, uh, iniquities prevail against me. You know what our number one challenge today and going forward and what it was last year? It's not the COVID. It's not the government who's in control. It's not which which party's in the office. That's not it. My number one enemy is my iniquities. That's what David realized. The only thing that can stop me from worshiping you as you have have provided is myself. If I choose my iniquities (laughs) over you. I don't come to you for that purging and that cleansing. Then I'll know defeat. They, my iniquity, iniquities prevail against me. That's the only thing that can defeat us. What about the devil? How does he defeat you? He tries to get you to sin. It's your iniquities. You don't, you don't have to bow to the devil. No Christian can ever say what? The devil made me do it. You can't say that. You lost, you, you lost that, uh, that, that power when you got saved. Okay, He lost that power over you. Yeah. He could probably make you do a lot of things before you got saved. Um, the Bible says, you know, talks about us uh, uh, being moved around at, at His will. Not now. Not now. Our sins are the problem. Uh, and iniquity, that, that has the idea, that word is, is kind of connected with sinful words. Uh, you know, the Bible talks a lot about the iniquity of the mouth. Uh, James said, if any man offend not in word, the same as a perfect or mature man. Uh, oftentimes our sins are, are uh, shown through our mouth and through our words prevail against us. Our own sin is the only enemy that can prevail against us. What does Psalm 66 say? If I what? Regard iniquity in my heart. Here it is. The Lord will not hear me. The only time the all-hearing God, who is a God who hears prayers by nature, doesn't hear our prayers is when what? I put I allow my iniquities to be between me and my God. That's why those things are our number one enemy. <laughs> and that's why we need to confess them, amen. And forsake them, as 1 John 1 9 says. 
and get that that relate that cleansing of relationship not sonship not our position we're always loved always righteous in god's eyes through, through jesus christ we understand that but praise god we can be right with him uh and have that conscience clear in, in practice as we as we confess our, our sins and our, our, our faults before him and such uh the transgression has the has the idea you know uh, uh, it's inclusive also of sinful works uh he'll purge them away he'll purge them away that word purge there uh is a, is uh uh is uh has the meaning of atonement reconciliation reconcile forgive purge away pacify it's the word that's used in the Old Testament for the pitch that was put upon the ark. Uh, it's the same word, propitiation. What did that pitch do on the inside and the outside of that ark? What was on the outside of the ark? The judgment of God, the flood <laughs> upon the wicked. Who was on the inside of the ark? Those that were. Uh, saved by God those who found grace in the eyes of the Lord amen and what was in between that pitch you see we are protected from judgment brother Chris had a good message on that this morning how that how that we are saved we are sanctified through salvation we are positionally sanctified forever you can't lose your salvation what God started he's going to finish and we can be thankful for that so we ought to seek his cleansing. Uh, we are to, to, to walk with him uh, and uh, to be cleansed uh, of, uh, of, of, of our sins. <clears throat> First John 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. What? And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Who does that? Jesus does. I was thinking about the Last Supper. Who bowed to wash the disciples' feet and gird himself? Jesus did. He poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. Remember what Peter said? Thou shalt never wash my feet. What did Jesus say? If I wash thee not, thou hast what? No part with me. You're cleansed, everyone, but you know, he, he, he said, he, he is cleansed, need not save to wash his feet. What was the teaching of, there, of, of that? Salvation is the cleansing that gets you to, that gets you to heaven. You're justified uh, through faith in Jesus Christ. That's your positional cleansing. That's the shower. That's the, that's the bath they would take when they washed the whole body. You don't need to take another bath after you wash the whole body. But as you're walking back from the bath, wherever it was, in their, in their culture, your feet would get dirty. And you have to what? Wash the, the dirt off your feet. That's the sin that we collect as believers after we're saved. We're supposed to confess it. And to get our hearts right with God and our conscience right with God. And so that we're not grieving the Holy Spirit. So that we, He will hear our prayers. And help us in His, in His service. But we think about the picture of Jesus. 
and we often think, well, that, it's such a great picture of service. And yes, it is. We are, we are to be what? Those who are great are to be as the minister, as the servant, like Jesus was. And it's a great picture of that. But don't forget, believer, when you get wrong with God, who is it gets you right? Who does clean up your feet? Jesus does. You see, when, he, when I come to him having messed up, he cleans me up. He gives me the strength to, uh, to say no to that sin and not have to go back and do that again. He does that. That's a picture of him down there washing that. He not only saved us, he not only gave us the bath, folks, he washes the feet. And we trust him for that. We trust him for that. Uh, with purity. Seek his cleansing. Surrender to his calling. Surrender to his calling. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest and causes to approach unto thee. He says, uh, that he may dwell in thy courts, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. And we have to remember the psalmist here, David, he's not, he's not making a, he's not excluding the Gentiles here. We think, well, this is uh, this Old Testament and the priests in the temple and all that. And the Jews. Wait a minute. There was a place for the Gentiles at the temple. Solomon, when he built the temple, prayed that all lands might know God. And by the way, there was a court of the Gentiles. And the Gentiles could come, yes, and participate in the sacrificial offerings of the Jews from the very beginning. David is not... He is... Put his, put his, put his, putting this out to all lands when he talks about the sun rising and the sun setting uh, are pictures of that in, in the following verses it goes into all the world this open communion that is available to all through faith in Jesus Christ Psalm 100 make a joyful noise unto the Lord what's it say all ye lands Serve Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. There's that rejoicing. And by the way, all ye lands, everyone. Not just the Jews. Everyone. Everyone. Blessed is the man whom thou choosest. By the way, folks, you're, we're in the church age. You are chosen like no one's ever been chosen before. Okay? And no, I'm not talking about chosen to be saved. God drew you and you yielded. That's how that happened. But once you got saved, God had, God had before he created the world, he chose that every Christian would, uh, should glorify him. He chose that every Christian uh, would be in heaven. He chose that, that what? We would be what? The light of the world. That's what he chose for you and for me as believers. That everyone in Christ would be chosen to something. He decided that. What all did God decide to do in Christ? You read it in your Bible. And by the way, Ephesians 1 is a good place to find out a lot of that stuff. <laughs> but it's a wonderful thing, what we've been called to. Think about this going into 2021. Matthew 5, 14. What? Ye are the light of the world. Here we are. How, how much are we going to shine? How much are we going to shine? 
I think about the temple. He says, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of the house, even of the holy temple. What's he talking about there? What would happen in the temple? They would bring sacrifices, what? For their sins. And uh, no, we know that they didn't take away sins uh, uh, as far as salvation goes, but it was commanded to bring at that time for, for those reasons, for different reasons. They would bring the sacrifices for sin. They would bring peace offerings. They would bring, you know, free will offerings. It was a, it, it, it involved their communion with God. Everything that went around, went along, what happened in the temple involved their communion with God. And so he says, he says, uh, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of thy house, even of thy holy temple. Folks, there is nothing as fulfilling and satisfying as what? Being right with God, amen? <laughs> there is no match for it. There is no price we can put upon it. And I think that's what David is saying here through this psalm. And it's open to all to have communion with God. Communion with God. We shall be satisfied of thy goodness. What, what did you write in Psalm 25? My cup runneth over. And we see that pictured here in, in, in the verses, in the verses uh, to follow in Psalm uh, 65. Uh, he says... Uh, In verse 9, Thou visitest the earth and waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God, which is full of water. Thou preparest them corn when, when, thou, hast, when, thou, when thou hast provided for it. Rivers of water. Who do you have living in you? If you're a believer, if you're born again, the Holy Spirit of God. What does Jesus say about him? In, uh, in John 7 38 he that believeth on me as the scripture has said out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water <laughs> but this spake ye of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified he's glorified now he's given the Holy Ghost now the Holy Ghost in the believer is that living water that he was talking about. Interesting, he talks about the river of God and the life springing forth. <laughs> life spring forth from the believer through, through what? Through the Holy Spirit. Through Christ living in, uh, in the believer. And so David writes, we shall be satisfied with the goodness uh, of thy house. Surrender to his going. Fifthly and finally, we're a chosen generation. We're called to holiness. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Let me get getting ahead of myself, but for his name's sake. Look what he's look what he says here. He says uh, in verse 5 of Psalm 65, by terrible things in righteousness wilt thou answer us. What's David talking about there? By terrible things and righteous will they answer us. David knows the history of Israel. I mean, God is a righteous God. They have the commandments. He knows the history of the judges. 
how that Israel would obey God and God would what? He would say, they, they, they would obey God for a while. It's not, it's not on here. They'd obey God for a while. And then what? Uh, they, they would disobey. They'd repent. And what did God do? God brought great judgments when they disobeyed, didn't he? Why? Because they weren't walking in God's will. And by the way, he brought what? Great deliverance when they repented. Terrible things in righteousness. We saw the awesomeness of God. David had seen that in his life. He also had the word of God. He knew what Israel had gone through. He knew what God had, how God had worked in history. And he also had the word. By the way, how did he learn that? From the word of God. But he had some personal experience too. In his own life. Remember when he decided to haul the ark uh, the way he wanted to haul it? God answered in a terrible way in righteousness. You'll find David later went back to the book and found out that none ought to carry the ark but the, Le but, but the Levites and it ought to be carried by people. And he did it the way the, the word of God said to do it. He had experienced also terrible things in righteousness. And so when God calls us believers to walk with him in the new year and always, never forget, he's calling us to righteousness, amen. He's calling us to purity, amen. And by the way, he's serious about it. Tonight we're going to look at the two storms, the one that Paul was in, the one that Jonah was in, and make some comparisons. You know why? Because we're going to face some storms today in the coming year. And we're going to be in the situation of Paul and not of Jonah <laughs> when those storms come. But with power, with power, I think about this. Surrender uh, is gone. Then finally, we'll worship him with power. We come to him with praise. Uh, we come to him uh, with purpose. We come to him in prayer. The only thing that can prevent our prayers is, uh, from, from God hearing our prayers, is our willful choice to remain in sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Has some sin you're not willing to get rid of? Believer, then God won't hear your prayer. Prayer. And by the way, iniquity is the only thing that can stop that. And where do we get the power? Power from prayer. And how is prayer powerful? When we believe. When we believe. And it isn't wonderful, the grace of God, the remainder of the psalm, gives us encouragement to believe. God in his grace has shown us praise. Have purpose. Pray. No, I'm going to be working to purify you. And while you're praying, you're going to need to have faith in me. So let me just review with you some things that I've done in creation. So you have faith in me. And what does he say? Which by his strength uh, setteth fast the mountains, being girded with power, there it is, which stilleth the noise of the seas and the noise of their waves and the tumult of the people. <laughs> what about all this tumult? You know, uh, 
Truth is, our nation, uh, especially the, the unsaved among, are probably not any more divided than they've ever been. Not in our kingdom, amen. <laughs> not where we live. And by the way, God can still the multitudes, amen. I have peace with my brother and my sister, and, and we all can have. We're not, we, we should not be affected by those things that are going on in the other kingdom, amen. Because we're in Jesus' kingdom. And we know his power. Thou visitest the earth, thou waterest it. Thou greatly enrichest it with the river of God. Thou waterest the ridges thereof abundantly. Thou settlest the furrows thereof. Thou makest it soft with showers. Thou blessest the springing thereof. Wow. Thou crownest the year with thy goodness and thy paths drop fatness. We've gone through some trials this past year. As far as I know, no one in our church contracted COVID. Not a one. You know what that was? God's mercy and grace. God's goodness and, and fat dropping. God watering the hill. We're thankful for that. Were we deserving of that? No, it's God's mercies and grace. <laughs> you see, we can go back and count God's goodness in many ways. By the way, we took on, we were able to uh, to raise our mission, our missionary uh, uh, commitment is a little bit more this year. I know there's some people that lost money last year from the COVID thing. I know that. I'm sure of that. But you know what? That didn't stop God working on hearts. I have no doubt some of you, God moved some of you to give by faith regardless, even though your bottom line isn't as good this year as it was the year before. But you know why that happened? Because we're not dependent upon what we got in the bank account. Amen. We're dependent on God. Amen. amen. That's why. God's been good. God's been good. We can be thankful for that. And so God gives us this, the remainder of this. We think about the son in Psalm, in, uh, you know, in, 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 in the Psalms, how it talks about, you know, the sun has, runs its course and such. And, and uh, he says, it's like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoiceth as a strong man to run a race. Psalm 19.5. says, he has set a tabernacle for the sun. Psalm 19.4. What's it saying about the sun? The sun has a purpose. You know, heats up the earth. By the way, it has a course in a sense, and I know we're not speaking scientifically, but the way it appears, the sun goes up when the sun comes. I know that. We all use the term sunset, you know, sunrise. Okay, we know what we're talking about. But the sun, what has to the eye has a, a course that it runs. And when the sun gets up, he rejoices as a strong man to run the race, personifying the creation to teach us about God. In other words, the sun doesn't get up and say, oh my goodness, I, I hope I can do the job today. I hope I can warm the earth enough. The sun doesn't do that. You see, the sun is more, than, is more than capable of warming this earth, amen, and doing all that God has made it to do. By the way, the sun is 93 million miles away and it still can burn your skin to make blisters. Think of all that for a while, okay? How powerful the sun is. The, sun's, the sun can do his job. 
And by the way, he's going to come up and he's going to come down and he's going to finish. By the way, we have more power than that in Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the one that made that. Ancient cultures used to worship the sun. I heard Ken Ham's admission this the other day. They used to worship the sun. Interesting that God made the sun on the fourth day. It's kind of a little lesson for, for, for all those that would, that would worship it. You know, it didn't all start here like they think it did because the sun didn't come along to the fourth day. We worship that sun, amen? <laughs> That's the one who made everything. And he made the sun the fourth day. And he has the power, by the way. In the New Jerusalem, he doesn't even need the sun, amen? <laughs> and we see that. Praise God. But in his grace, and Jesus spoke those words... coming to the tomb of Lazarus. He said he did that. Why? That they might believe. You know why God gave us this book? That we might believe. You know why God has done so much in your life and in my life? That we might believe. Because he knows there's nothing we need more than prayer and his word. And we need to have faith in him. And he says, look to me. Think about this and I'm done. He comes to that tomb. Said I not unto thee, if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. He says, I knew thou hearest me always to the Father. Because of the people which, which stand by, I said it, that they may believe. That they may believe. That thou hast sent me. That thou hast sent me. The power. The power. The power. Thou art the confidence, he says, uh, of, uh, talks about the confidence of, of the nations of the world, the hope. Where does anybody find strength? Far as you go to the east, far as you go to the west. By the way, in those days, you know, they didn't know, you know, about the Americas and all that. So when they looked out to the water, that was mysterious to them. Where does that end? Is there anything out there? How long does that go on? But from the east to the west, what? Wherever people are, even in the unknown places, only God can be their strength and their confidence. That's why we have this blessed message. This blessed message. We have that power as we abide in him. Jesus said, little children, abide in me. Abide in me. And he wants us to abide in him. So if we'll do these things in the coming year, we're going to glorify God. And we're going to grow in the likeness of Jesus Christ. And we'll be able to share the gospel with those who God gives us the opportunity to do so. We ought to be uh, working toward that and praying toward those opportunities to give the gospel. And, and being the lights that God has called us to be. I'm glad salvation's free. Nobody gets saved in heaven because of some good life they live. Jesus did that for everybody. Salvation requires two things, in a sense. If you'll listen, just listen for a moment. You have to lay down something and you have to receive something. What do you have to lay down? Your pride. Let, let it go. You see, pride says, surely I can do something. Surely God is looking at my obedience to have some part in my getting saved and, being, and getting to heaven. No, he's not. The Bible says what? All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You've already come short. 
The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Death and hell were cast into a lake of fire. This is the second death. That's what you deserve. That's what I deserve. Swallow your pride and admit it. But God says, but I do have a way for you. Though you'll never be good enough. You'll never deserve it. I'm going to send my son to die for you. He's going to live a perfect life. Because God is a perfect God. He's going to live a sinless life. Remember in the Old Testament, God only accepted what? For sacrifices as perfect sacrifices. He's going to live a perfect life and he's going to offer that for you and for the sins of the whole, for the sins of the whole world. He's going to rise again and come back and go back to heaven. And by the way, if you believe that, you know, the Bible, the Bible says, uh, I, declare the, the, I declare unto you how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's what we have to believe. That's the gospel. And the Bible says what? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, who's that? Jesus, shall be saved. Two things you've got to do. Lay down your pride. I can't do it. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. I'll, if I get what I deserve when I die, I'll go to hell, period, end of discussion. But God made a way for me. Salvation's a gift. Read Romans chapter 5. Calls it a gift six times. Two of those times calls it a free gift. But if I call upon Jesus, he'll forgive me and save me. If I believe Jesus is the perfect son of God, he died on the cross, rose again, and call upon him, trust in what he did, and receive what? Salvation as a gift. For by grace, that's God's goodness that you don't deserve. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It, what? Salvation is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If you did any good works to deserve heaven, you could brag about it. God said, that'll not be. You have to lay down your pride. You're going to have to ask my son and trust in him alone to give you the gift of eternal life. Do that if you haven't done it. The moment you do that, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's your part and my part. If you're not saved, that's your part. I've already done that. Many of you have already done that here. You're saved. You've trusted Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, that's the part of the whole world. Cry out to Jesus. Believe in him. Here's God's part. Last three words. Shall be saved. That's it. It's that simple, preacher? Yeah, it's that simple. Very costly to God the Father and God the Son, God the Spirit. Very costly, but free to us. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this church, dear God. I thank you for your blessings on us. Lord, you were good to us last year. You're good, and in all the years before, you're good to us today, and you'll be good to us this year. And whatever remainder of the time that you give us, Father, we are, uh, do want to be faithful to your word, looking for you to come suddenly, Father. And, uh, but as long as we are here, we are to occupy until you come. We are, we are to be about the Father's business, even as our Lord was at an early age. And I pray that you'd help us uh, to realize that we need to be faithful this year to be shining lights for you this year by the power of your spirit as believers so we can reach out and, and maybe see another soul saved, another lives changed, another, another person delivered from hell because they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Another believer 
grow in the likeness of you. Father, uh, we need to be about these things in a diligent way and only through prayer, through drawing closer to you, through the power of your spirit, through purpose and all these things we've talked about, will we remain faithful in that? And I pray you'd help us to do so. Father, we pray, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.